0: TESOL POP, Season 3, Episode 9. Hello and welcome to TESOL POP. My name is Laura and joining me today to talk about stepping outside of the classroom is teacher Tiffany Nielsen. Tiffany has been working as a language instructor since 2013 and is currently based in Hong Kong. She is passionate about designing and implementing hands-on, authentic learning experiences that are tailored to learners' needs, both inside and especially outside of the classroom. Thank you for your time, Tiffany, and welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: In today's episode, we're going to talk about how activities organized outside of the classroom, such as day trips and outings, can have a positive impact on students' learning and motivation. We're going to talk about key things to bear in mind before, during and after a day trip event in order to set learners up for success and help them get the most out of the experience. Just a note about today's show, today's episode is going to focus on the teaching tips and ideas and not the administrative processes associated with planning a trip or an outing. So we hope that today's episode helps to start conversations with your school administration and management staff so that you can plan a successful event for your learners. So Tiffany at the start of your teaching career, you supported adult learners in going on excursions as part of their studies. Could you share a bit more about this experience and the day trips that you went on?
1: Uh, so I worked in a language immersion program in the UK. It was mainly teen and adult learners from all over the world, mostly from the EU. So most teens were there to prepare for a study abroad in a university. And most adults were working professionals such as doctors, lawyers, engineers. That needed to improve their English, they could meet visa requirements and work in an English speaking country, so we all lived in a house together it was about 20 or so people. And we would have English lessons during the day, based on what their needs were, and then we would go on outings during the evening and on weekends and the outings were just out in the community, local trips to museums or to local cities nearby. And it was just really fun experience to expose them to just a plethora of natural English and giving them authentic English experiences in the towns. Uh, We would go to like abbeys or historical points of interest. We would even do pub quizzes or scavenger hunts around the town, all focused on just exposing them to natural language in use. For teachers and administrative
0: staff, planning a trip can be really off-putting because of the amount of paperwork it requires, especially if you're working with students who are under the age of 18 years old. In addition, day trips may appear as a divergence from the curriculum or intended learning goals. So for those points, what would you say are the benefits for learners and teachers in organising
1: a day trip like the ones you described? Um, I would say there's always an opportunity to integrate your learning goals out in the natural environment, because I think English shouldn't only be limited to the classroom, just because it's, you know, everywhere if we look for it. Um, And there's just such a real world context for the language in use that you will see in your textbook. Uh, Maybe you're going out, you're ordering meals, you're purchasing an item, you're interacting with shop owners, you need to ask about different prices, reading signs and reading pamphlets. These are all things that we see in textbooks during lessons. Um, So this is just the real, real world application of that. And there's just, so much engaging stimuli that serve as a springboard for conversation and inquiry from learners and just tons of emergent language that can come out. And then it also breaks up the, monoton- the monotony of a classroom setting where learners, you know, might get tired, might get bored. Um, it's just fun. For teachers who might be interested in organising a trip for their learners, what can they do to help their learners prepare for the experience? So firstly, I would say find out what interests your learners and get them involved in planning the itinerary or the places of interest. So when I worked in the UK, I had a lot of students really interested in going around to the local football arenas in the nearby towns. So they were so motivated and so engaged and so ready to just go on that trip. So second, I would say read up on the place you'll be going to. Um, what are the directions to get there? What are the prices for getting there? Maybe it's a train or a bus ticket, um, any historical information related to that place that might be of interest to them or maybe you want them to learn or they wanna learn. Third, I would say you could even you know, show videos or pictures to generate this interest and see what learners know and want to know. Um, YouTube is such a good resource or for watching videos of these places to prepare them for what they're gonna see. Um, And then lastly, I would say, be aware of health and well-being for your students. So that can range from medical needs or emotional needs. Some learners might have anxiety surrounding these events or extra learning support needs, whereas, you know, other students might have medical needs such as medication they might need to remember to bring along with them. So that's important to remember.
0: I really like that point that you made about the planning and involving learners in the planning and that being a learning event in itself so you mentioned bringing all, that authentic material created around the space such as the multimedia on YouTube to engage learners in the planning process and think about the language and start preparing that's a wonderful idea of how you can really extend beyond the day itself into the the classroom
1: yeah especially when um, learners are doing it In another country when they're doing the immersion program in a country that's not their home country they're so excited to go sightseeing so you can create a learning opportunity about out of it. But if you do that in their home country, for example, we could even do that in Hong Kong. And you know bring students to places they've never been or maybe places they do go but then they're using English which might be completely new for them, whereas you know normally they'd go to the local shops and order everything in Cantonese but. It can be a totally different experience going around to local shops and asking for these things in English. So that could be an adventure in itself. During an
0: outing, learners may lose confidence to engage in conversations and real life tasks. I wanted to ask you, have you had a similar experience when working with learners and what strategies have you found have helped learners to overcome this and support them on the spot?
1: So I have found that sometimes it can be overwhelming with lots of stimuli and language input all at once. Um, So sometimes students get a bit shy or quiet down. So I keep in mind that sometimes they do just need a five or 10 minute break, just because there is so much going on, so much input at once. Some strategies I like to do is put them in pairs or groups and then switch that up every so often. One of the benefits to being in pairs or being in groups is the on the spot support that you can give them. So for example, if they're a little bit reticent to go and purchase the train ticket or ask for the price of the train ticket, they can watch somebody else do that task first or watch me do the task first, and then I'll step aside and let them go ahead and do it. And they're more confident that way, especially if they know that I'm just maybe 10 or 15 feet away, they can get me if they need help. So that really gives them more confidence in doing those tasks. At this point, we've talked about what to do
0: prior and during uh, outing. So I wanted to ask you following a trip when students have returned to their usual classroom setting, how have you brought the experience back into the classroom?
1: So there are a variety of ways you can do this. One of the things that we did was we had a whiteboard on the dining room walls and learners would write down phrases or words that they had heard during the day. And when we'd have dinner together every night, we would just talk about the words on the board or the phrases and they'd inquire about how to use them. Sometimes they were, you know, silly phrases. Sometimes they were even bad words. It just depends on what they had heard during the day. So we would always have that. And then we would have learners take notes throughout the day just to reflect on those. And you can always give them like tasks or things to learn or look for during the day that you can discuss in a post outing follow-up session I guess so maybe a group discussion or even a discussion on a forum depending on what type of learning experience that they're having
0: what I really like about the reflective whiteboard and also the notes that you mentioned that learners may take during an outing is that you can fold that into further lessons and further discussions you mentioned that such as um, discussions that your learners had around a table or I guess it could go into actual lessons like show and tells right
1: yes so one of the activities that we had gone on one of the excursions was to a local town hall meeting back in 2016 before Brexit while the politicians were you know having the discussion surrounding the pros and cons so we went to the town hall and we heard some debate And then the students came back to the house and for three or four days, they put their own debates together. So I divided them up into two teams. One was stay, one was leave. And they had to do the research on the pros and cons of leaving or staying and then have the debate in the house. So they had gone, watched it and then
0: prepared and done it themselves. It's almost like the excursion itself is kind of like um, part of the research process.
1: Yeah, they had learned so much while they were there, just, you know, the the full language, the nonverbal language um, picked up on so much good emergent language that had come out. So they were so much more confident in doing it versus watching it on YouTube. The other thing that you mentioned that I wanted to ask you about was about the whiteboard where learners
0: wrote down language that they heard that day, including maybe language that may not be appropriate or quite rude. And I wanted to ask you, how did you handle those conversations about the less appropriate, more slang language that came up?
1: Uh, so often I found that learners, especially the older teens, were very eager to talk about this language and what it means. Maybe they'd heard it in another context as well. So it's always important to go over the appropriacy of this language um, when you should and shouldn't say it or where you might hear it or in what context you might hear it in. So. You know at what times is it appropriate when is it not appropriate and just the general usage of it um, and especially any cultural context that goes along with it as well. Before we wrap up this podcast episode then as a passing gift for our listeners what would
0: be your top tips for teachers who would like to try and plan a trip with their learners for the next school term?
1: So my first and most important tip I would say is be aware of bad weather that can of course happen despite what the weatherman says. So for example, if you're doing a scavenger hunt in the local town to find out the prices of certain items like a haircut or a dozen cookies, learners, for example, can do this by ringing up the shops instead of going out. So that's an opportunity for them to use the language in a real authentic, meaningful way. Budgeting, so some fees are included depending on your program, some are not. So they might want money for snacks or souvenirs or anything that they might want to buy along the way and then also some type of emergency contact information in case anything happens what type of medication they're on what medications do they need any allergies that they might have just be aware of those things um and then most importantly find out what they want to do and what they want to learn from it what are the learners most excited about because as long as they're engaged it's going to be a great opportunity for them
0: thank you so much for finishing with those really practical tips i really think our listeners will be inspired to have a go in planning a trip even if it is a small one like you mentioned to a local shop or something a bit bigger like an art gallery or museum
1: yeah these things are so important to learners and for the overall learning experience i think if you
0: have a question about today's podcast then you can contact tiffany via linkedin i'll hyperlink her name on the website so you can get in touch and of course if you have a question that you'd like us to answer you can contact us via facebook instagram or the website tesolpop.com if you love what we do at Pop, then please subscribe to the podcast on apple or spotify write a review on these sites or on facebook and share the content with your teaching community